Hello and welcome to The Soul of Business. I'm Blaine Bartlett and I'll be your host. And I'm very, very happy today to bring uh, as my guest uh, a fascinating individual who has got a story to tell that I think you're going to find uh, as interesting as, uh, as well as uh, uh, inspiring as I did when I first thought of having him on the show. Uh, and I'll introduce him in just a moment. But first I want to talk a little bit about the soul of business and just why would uh, we call this show the soul of business? Um, I'm going to just kind of go back in time a little bit ago uh, to where I wrote a book called Compassionate Capitalism, A Journey to the Soul of Business. And the idea in that book was to frame the activity of business as a, um, as a discipline that has the capacity to change and literally transform the way that life is lived on this planet. And part of what came out of that thinking was a realization that there is literally nothing on this planet, literally nothing on this planet, that is not touched in some way, shape, or form by the activity of business. You can't escape it. Business is everywhere. Its activities, for ill or good, are going to influence how you live your life, how your grandchildren live their lives, and ultimately the future of the human race. It's a big deal. It is a big deal to me. Um, and I think it is to you as well. So the, the idea on uh, this podcast was to take time, about a half hour periodically, and just look at how business is actually being conducted within the framework of what I'm calling the soul of business. And it is my contention actually that business does have a soul. It is connected to everything in some way, shape, or form. Um, if you go on my website, blainebartlett.com, one of the things that you'll see as part of the banner is that consciousness is everything. And that is my belief. It, uh, consciousness pervades everything uh, in the universe. Uh, Max Planck, who was the father of quantum physics, was famous uh, for a number of things, but one of which was a statement that he made that at the end of the day, we can reduce anything and everything, but at some point in time, we reach a point where we can't get behind consciousness. We can get behind everything else to see what's there, to see what supports it, but we can't get behind consciousness. Consciousness is the first order. It's the first cause of everything, and it connects everything on the, uh, you know, literally on the planet, in the universe. That being the premise, and I'm gonna use the word consciousness and soul interchangeably, consciousness and spirit, interchangeably. Business has a spirit, just as I have a spirit, uh, as my guest has a spirit. And this table has a spirit that informs what it is. Um, when we can begin accessing that spirit, we begin realizing that everything is in fact connected. And it's in that realization of connection that we start making different kinds of choices about how we conduct our lives and ultimately how we conduct our businesses. So that's the framing, that's the idea behind the Soul of Business podcast. And again, I wanna just uh, take a moment here and welcome very profusely a very good friend of mine, uh, Dolan White, who is the CEO of a company called Rapid Crush. And we're gonna talk a little bit about, number one, who Dolan is, and I'll ask him <laughs> to, you know, yeah, he embarrassed himself by you know, giving a little bit of biographic information. But we also want, I wanna go into how he's led this company, Rapid Crush. Rapid Crush has been around for eight years. It's, it's coming into its eighth year. And it's a tech company. 
uh, and I wanted to you know, specifically illustrate a tech company because they are the most visible parts of uh, the business universe today. Uh, you know, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, Intel, I mean, you name it, um, we've got tech everywhere. Does tech have a soul? Yeah, it does. Tech does have a very specific soul. And Rapid Crush uh, is a company that I think you're gonna wanna get to know about and Dolan, in particular, is going to be somebody that I think you're going to enjoy meeting. So, Dolan, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Let's just kind of start with uh, a little <clears throat> bit of your background. Yeah, we, we, we had lunch before we sat down here today. Yes, we did. And I've known you for about a year and a half now, mm -hmm. and I found some things out about you that I was absolutely <laughs> gobsmacked, I guess would be the word I'd use. Uh, uh, you're, you're a fascinating individual. Thank and you. Not just Thank because you. of your business And likewise, acumen. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, flattery will get you everywhere. Yeah. We'll keep going here. Yeah. So. Um, but you started uh, out in your career uh, in, in tech, in part. Mm -hmm. But there's a whole avocational side as well that I will, will want to bring back into this. And it has sure. to do with the music. Okay. Uh, because there's some analog we'll here. There's a, there's a way that it actually shapes, I think, some of the stuff that you've done with Rapid Crush. Sure. So, But, you know, where did you come from? So the, uh, I've been uh, in my role at Rapid Crush now about two and a half years, joined the company in uh, November of 2015. And prior to that, I spent 32 years in the high-tech industry, software industry, had my uh, opportunity to cut my teeth in places like Symantec and IBM and Siemens. And, mm -hmm. and uh, as part of that career, kind of multifaceted roles, most of it was in service, so I was directly interacting with customers all of the time, ran very large service organizations, mm -hmm. and um, also did acquisitions, mergers and acquisitions, did a short stint where I pretended I was an attorney for three years and <laughs> <laughs> got to go buy companies and do other things. Yeah. But um, as, as growing up in, the, in that industry, um, the, probably the biggest benefit for me personally was the fact that I could go out and interact with all kinds of individuals and companies, um, you know, from people that were administrators who generally considered themselves the lowest of the low, you know, mm -hmm. in the IT world, all the way up to CIOs and CEOs and different boardrooms and, yeah. and travel and get to do that. So yeah. very blessed to have that chance. Well, and it's a wide spectrum. Oh my gosh. Wide spectrum. So oh. that's one of the things that fascinated me about your career, but also just kind of the sensibility that you bring to your current role as CEO. And it's kind yeah. of interesting. Um, I, I got a bit of a chuckle out of hearing, you know, the 88-day the uh, reference that you... <laughs> <laughs> yes. You you yeah. were brought in not as the CEO originally. No. There were yeah, a little history of uh, Rapid Crush. It was founded by two 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 guys. True, true. And, founded by a gentleman named Wilson Matos and uh, Jason Fladlin, the two founders. Uh, founded back in 2011, um, almost by happenstance, I think. Will had, had started. Uh, he was working in the tech industry at the time. I'd known Will for many many years. Mm -hmm. Uh, now going on 20 some odd years, I've known. He used to work with uh, you. He for, worked for me for, for several years yeah. and threatened me several times that someday he's going to build a company big enough to hire me. And I would always <laughs> say, yeah, go, you know, go away, stop. Yeah. And um, they had, uh, Will and Jason had met. They were both uh, doing affiliate marketing, selling, mm -hmm. selling products generally under $100 or generally under $50 and marketing those products they met. They had great happenstance. Will is an engineer by, by heart and by trade, so he's very operationally yeah. focused, really, really good at it. 
Jason is probably one of the best sales guys I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. And so those guys got together and formed Rapid Crush, and uh, they were they were off and running. Yeah. So turned a profit immediately. They did. Yeah. They did. Uh, you know, fortunately, we're at a wood table, so I can do that today. <laughs> um, company, we're in our eighth year. We're self-funded. We're profitable. We've uh, had good year-over-year -year sequential growth both monetarily and, and operating capital, yeah. and both with people as well, so. Yeah. And then they reached a stage, in, in the way that I understand it, where as founders, and this is not unusual, you know, they, they, they kind of mm -hmm. reached um, the edge of their particular yeah. expertise in terms of growing uh, a company and managing the growth of a company, which is not unusual at all for a founding uh, body. Yeah. And that was when they circled back and said, here, kitty, kitty. They did. <laughs> Just almost in those words. Yeah. It, literally, it literally was an August afternoon, and Will showed. He, I made the mistake of letting him know where I live and uh, showed up at my house on a Sunday afternoon and pitched my wife. Really wouldn't even look at me. Just pitched uh -huh. my wife, Linda. And uh, the, by the end of the meeting, we had we had done the handshake, and uh -huh. we were we were off and running. I was coming to Rapid Crush, okay. but not as the CEO. No, uh, originally the intent was, you know, look, I had I viewed it as an opportunity. I had run large two to five thousand person teams and hundreds of million dollars worth of revenue assignment, global implications. I'd done that. Viewed this as an opportunity in my waning years, you know, with the uh, gray hair, you know, prominently yeah, I, I posted say nothing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> on my noggin. Um, as an opportunity just to really come and join the be here as their chief technical guy, chief tech, so I joined the company as their CTO. CTO, yeah. That was a... Uh, and that was a 90-day assignment, right? Temporary, interim. Temporary, apparently it was temporary. On day 88, my phone rang, and it was uh, Wilson and Jason. Said, we'd like to meet you in Sherman Oaks for Mexican food, and we're going to give you a performance review. And this was two days before I hit the 90-day mark. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, my first question was, should I bring a box? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Will's response was, "Why you work from home? You have nothing to pack." So I uh, just meet us. So I got to got to dinner, and um, both of the guys just kind of said, "Hey, look, one of the things that we have to be smart enough about is to know to know our limitations." At that time, mm -hmm. Jason was CEO of the company, and uh, Wilson was in his role of, as COO as he continues today. And and we'd like you to not be CTO anymore. And then there was a pregnant pause. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We'd like you to be CEO of the company, and um, you have between now and dessert to, <laughs> to make for a us to come to a decision and, and negotiate your your package. Yeah. So uh, so I was blessed. I got a chance to kind of step up into that role. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I uh, many many times give them a tip of the hat for kind of recognizing both of them had recognized that there's a limit that a lot of founders. I think some founders miss that. Yeah. That, because you're so close to the business, you're afraid to let the business take that next step to get mm -hmm. to the next place. And uh, I was fortunate they picked me, and picked here, you, here I am. And two, two and a half years ago, right? Two and a half years Roughly. ago, yeah. Okay. So. And I met you uh, about a year into that yes. uh, tenure, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, little bit about Rapid Crush. It's, it, it, yeah, sure. it, it's kind of an interesting company. It's almost a hybrid in, 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 in one sense in terms of the, the, the offering. It is, It started yes. out as, like you said, yeah, a um, affiliate marketing affiliate marketing yeah, yeah. Uh, play right I mean yeah we will market whatever you have and right you know as an affiliate we'll take a you know take a piece on it and where yeah. you go and yeah. that was the core at that point in time that was rapid crush when I joined rapid crush yep um, and the you know the key to affiliate marketing is you're doing you're gonna do one of three things right mm -hmm. I'm gonna sell your stuff 
and I'm going to take a cut. Yep. You're going to sell my stuff, and I'm going to give you a cut, or I'm going to sell my stuff all on my own to my list, or I'm going to go acquire a list or, right. or run cold traffic. And the risk coming into that as a, as a company, there were massive shifts in the affiliate marketing space at the time. Mm -hmm. So the the revenue opportunity for Rapid Crush, I could see on the horizon, was going to begin to deplete very, yep. very quickly. And the other challenge with being in affiliate marketing is you're really only as good as your last promotion. Right. So you can promote really well and do, and not do well. As an example, there was a, through that sequence of time, there was a product that we promoted that taught people how to go find private label brand and sell products on Amazon, mm -hmm. just as that, that kind of that whole era was coming to an existence. Yeah. And we did five launches with that organization on the fifth launch, I believe it was, fourth launch. We did um, a little over $10 million of sales along with them in top line revenue in an eight day period. In eight days. Yeah. yeah 10, million, was, 10 million in a week. That's not bad. That's pretty good. That's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty good for an affiliate marketing company. But the challenge with that is when you, and we still hold the record, right? We set the record mm -hmm. in the affiliate marketing industry, but the challenge with that is then you, it's difficult to maintain that on a consistent basis. Yeah. So the peaks are very high, the valleys are can be very wide, and the bottoms can be mm. very low. Yes. Which means as a CEO, and I'm looking at the performance of the company, trying to f anticipate people and growth and things we're going to do, we, we just couldn't oh. get there, do it. Yeah, you There's can't no way. forecast off that. Yeah, no yeah, way. That's yeah, the, that was just, a magical word everybody learned real yeah. quickly was <laughs> yeah. forecasting. So show me the forecast. So, uh, so that led to some decisions about diversification. It did. Yeah, it did. And we made a we made a, a decision, um, really to focus on a couple of areas. The first is, let's if we're if we are this qualified, if, if we can get those kinds of results as an ad affiliate marketer, mm -hmm. let's do digital marketing. Mm -hmm. Let's take a four way into digital marketing. And so in 2016, we started that started that stance towards that. Uh, fell down a few times on the way. Yeah. Learned some hard lessons. Yeah. We took a couple of uh, opportunities to completely outsource for other organizations, their digital, their back-end marketing efforts. Learned that a lot of companies just aren't prepared for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you're held accountable to that, and you're, it's exactly. a, it can be very precarious yes. financially. So we, we started that transition from, although affiliate marketing is still a, a major part of what we do this year, and the next couple of years, uh, diminish over time. As part of that, coming into mid-2017, we kind of stepped back to look at it and said, it makes sense for us to, to be in that space. So let's look at what we do really, really well. Mm -hmm. And what we decided was, there's uh, the, the way we sell, we don't we have no sales force. Uh, we, have, uh, we sell everything on webinars, so it's all through one to many, which is kind mm -hmm. of the legacy of yeah. the- B2C. The yeah. yeah, it's all B2C. And it's kind of that legacy of the affiliate marketing space. So we decided let's take what we do in that, with that expertise and the kinds of conversions and, and methodology that Jason, who's just brilliant at webinars and the psychology of webinars, he's made a study of it. Unfortunately, he's done you know thousands of them, so he's had a chance to actually test them. <laughs> Practice what um, he preaches. Yeah, pra yeah, yeah, exactly. He's on one right now, as a matter of fact. Um, but we were able to take that, encapsulate that into a methodology, mm -hmm. and then from that create a course called Genius Webinars. And that's designed to actually go out with other organizations so people can buy the course, learn how to actually construct a webinar into four categories without getting into any details. Because the challenge is, is, to, is to, in a 
very short period of time, a 60 to a 90 minute window, to get people to understand the content, build their trust, and then take action. And action yeah. is generally going to be asking them to take their credit card out or enter into their PayPal account and, yep. and, and, and spend some money. Buy something. Buy something. Yeah. And that's, that's a challenge. I mean, we had grown up going from those $50 products to where our average ticket price was $2,500 to $5,000 for an average ticket. Mm -hmm. So we had to, had to master that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, the process is the same, but it's just a larger yeah, it bite. Is a, a bigger a scope. Bite, yeah, a bigger scope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Will and Jason yeah, had mastered a certain domain, mm -hmm. but they brought you in. And they recognized a the limitation there, and you started doing some things a little bit different. Mm -hmm. uh, you started introducing some different possibilities. Yes. And yeah. what's interesting about that for me is when I think about it in the context of leadership, mm -hmm. leadership for me is the art of possibility. And literally, nice it's said, the yeah. it's it's the art of turning possibility into probability. Right. So you know, you had some false starts. Yes, and, we did, indeed. But the possibility of what the organization could be kept you moving. Right. Now that gets back into this conversation that I'm going to have about the soul of business. Um, yeah. Did you have an explicit vision that you were working with when you started this migration? So. Um, I could look at right into the camera and say, no. <laughs> the, um, it really was more, uh, it's interesting, Blaine, you asked the question, because it really was more about, I know there are things that we need to do. Mm -hmm. what, are the, what's, what are the core, what are the gaps that are missing in the industry? Uh -huh. And then what are really the strengths of our people? And then how do we kind of combine those three, three things together, the, the things that I know we should be doing, mm -hmm. the, the gaps that we can address and the problems and challenges that we can go solve for other individuals, yeah. and then really leverage the strengths of the team and, and what our people can do. I'm, I'm, well, no, we'll talk about it more later, but those three things added up to, that's the equation to me that added up to probability. Yeah. And then from there, it was a matter of velocity. Because I, I look at... Um, when you start to make change, you can implement change in an organization, mm -hmm. but there's that sociologic, you can only go at the speed of the society that you're implementing the change in. Exactly. So uh, so we're still on that art. We're still implementing change yeah. continually. Yep. I, I expect to until they finally come to me and say, you know. <laughs> your, your 90 days is over. <laughs> yeah, your 90 days is over. <laughs> the, the reason I asked the question about yeah. vision, um, in part, uh, has to do with something that I think is true about an organization's mm -hmm. and, and an organization's long-term viability. If what I'm offering, whether it's a product or a service, mm -hmm. is designed in a way that the consumer feels more alive as a consequence of being touched by it uh, than not, yeah. they will keep coming back to you. And most people think, and I and I and we'll have a conversation about this because you sure. did actually write about this at one point in time. Most people think that the purpose of business is to make a profit. I don't disagree with that as you know, just kind of a, a focus point, but I think that the profit-making piece is the second purpose of business. The, the primary purpose of business is to enhance the quality of living on this planet, and that kind of goes back to everything is touched by the activity of business. I would agree. And. I need to have a viable business in order to do that. Right. So the profit is important. When you think about Rapid Crush, when you think about how you built Rapid Crush today, um, I was struck by one thing that you said, um, and, and for the audience, um, I'm gonna go back in, uh, into our lunch conversation a bit. 
Um, and this is a, a, a kind of a, a journey through medieval philosophy, if oh, you yeah. will. Thomas Merton, uh, Thomas Aquinas. There was a contemporary of, of those two uh, that uh, said something and actually defined something that I thought was fascinating when I came across it. And, and the fellow's name was Duns Scotus. D-U-N-S-S-C-O-T-U-S, Duns Scotus. Um, and he was talking about what was the differentiating quality that made you uniquely you. And the term that he used was, a, you know, it was an old Latin term, uh, hiesity. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was, you know, hiesity, you know, hies, you know, uh, literally in Latin means the thisness, the thisness. So, you know, a simple way of thinking about that is uh, if, if we just think, you know, you and I are gender-wise, we're men. Mm -hmm. um, but you're distinct from me. We have a lot of the same physiological traits and all that sort of stuff. Sure. But there's a thisness about you that makes you uniquely Dolan and not Blaine. Mm -hmm. um, the same would be true if I compared you to Socrates. Yeah, Socrates had a thisness about him yeah. that made Socrates uniquely Socrates. Businesses have that as well. There's something, and you can call it the essence, you can call it, uh, for me, it, it has to do with that unique, that piece of the spirit that is unique, yeah. that makes the business unique, and as a consequence, makes the offering unique, if it can actually be accessed well. Organizations all over the planet have essentially the same value structure. Yeah, and then they yeah, will probably have close to the same visions. They yeah. will have some of the, and almost always, well, they'll have very similar operating procedures and processes and that sort of thing. True. It's the thisness that makes it unique. And if that can be leveraged well, it makes a difference. So with that as a preamble and as kind of a backdrop, yeah. um, when I asked you this question at, at lunch, uh, I said, you know, what is the thisness uh, that makes Rapid Crush unique and I was fascinated by your answer if you can recall what it was. I believe my answer was our people. Mm -hmm. But it was more than and your people. Yeah, I love our people. That's it. Uh, I sometimes embarrass myself on company calls because I'm messed up talking about caring for who we are as a, mm -hmm. as a group of individuals and what we aspire to be both as individuals and what we aspire to become as a company. Okay. And uh, I'm, I am blessed. We're, uh, I live in a, a world where we're, virtu we're literally um, zero turnover and uh, the, the folks that are in the organization are just, a, they, they continually astound me with mm -hmm. what they can accomplish. And, on the, and one thing we didn't talk about, but the, the, to me when what I'm learning more and more as the CEO of the organization is to lean back from that and because of their ability to accomplish the things that they can accomplish and because of their commitment to give them more. Mm -hmm. Go do more. That. When I could tell them the answer. Yeah, yeah. But it's fun to just to give them the question. And see where they go with it. Yeah, you and know, let them go do more. The interesting thing about, um, and, I, and I didn't talk to you about this when you said it, but you yeah. know, when you said, I love my people, I love our people. Yeah. The, the term love um, is, is, in my experience, not well understood in this society. No. And, and it's not, you know, from, most people think it's this, you know, kind of this warm, yeah. fuzzy, uh, I love you, I mean it. Um, yeah. Another way to think about love, and this is what I'm hearing you say, um, is that when I say I love you, what I do is I give you permission to be all that you can be. Yeah. 
and, and I will be here as you struggle and find a way to be all that you can be. Yeah. The, and so that your spirit comes Nicely out. Nicely said, yeah. So when you were talking about, you know, and we, again, going back to our lunch conversation, uh, empowering your people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's steeped in that love context. I want you to be all that you can be in this environment. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you, you invited, I think it was Will, to take on a new position. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> so we, we may not necessarily publicly announce that here. <laughs> okay, However, well, it's coming. Okay. 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 Um, <laughs> but but the, the the reaction he had is the one that's important to yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. There is there are the immediate question of the the immediate kind of yeah. oh my god I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's that inkling of fear about okay so what does that mean? Uh-huh. And uh, can I really can I do that? Yeah. And Am I the right guy for that yeah. and, or person? And so all of those things happen, and they happen within just milliseconds <laughs> of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. And then the, there was a shift, and the shift was, well, okay. If I, all right, if I'm going to do that, then I, let me think about that. Yeah. Here are some here, here's uh, Very shortly after that, I got a definition <clears throat> of what he thought that meant. And uh, which is which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's fear. Yeah, it's interesting because exciting. Yeah, his initial reaction was oh, deer boy. in a headlight oh, sort yeah. of a thing. Yeah, Physiologically, yeah. when you think about fear, yeah, fear has a very certain ex- sensational experience in the body. Heart rate increases, breath moves up, eyes dilate, sure. flushing occurs, all that kind of stuff. The exact same physiological experience occurs when I'm excited. Yeah. It's exactly the same. The only distinct or the only difference is how I'm describing it. Right. Will move from fear to excitement as he changed the description and he started considering the possibilities and the probabilities that could occur out of that. Right. For me, what I heard was he became more alive. Yes. I yeah. would that's a that's a great description, Blaine. That's yeah. a good one. The turnover that you don't have in the company, you've right. got employees that have been with you. For I mean, you you literally don't turn people over. So it's yeah, which pretty is, rapid growth, which is crazy in that yeah you know, in, in in your sector. Sure, because uh, people are being poached all the time. That's a consequence of engagement, in my estimation. People are engaged. They feel alive. They feel as if they can grow. They feel as if they can be more. And the company benefits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thisness of the company is in its people. I would, I absolutely agree. And it could kind of, you know, circling back to that, that word love. And I've talked about, you mm-hmm. know, I love my, love the people. It's been fun to watch individuals that when I joined the company as the CTO, I had a couple of the guys that are now leaders, uh-huh. right, in the company who are in single individual contributor roles. And uh, that's what they wanted to do. Comfortable. Yeah. Don't, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything uncomfortable. I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to know what other people are doing. Slip a pizza under the door. Exactly, and I'm yeah. fine. And today, the individuals are leading teams, and they're leading them exceptionally well, and they've risen to that. Uh-huh. And one of the things that kind of through that lesson that we talk about, kind of the thisness of it, is with people and with teams, it's not so much about the fact that I'm accountable, you know, if you and I work together, that obviously I'm accountable to you for paychecks and and all the stuff that comes along with Mm -hmm. it. But I'm really accountable beyond you. Yes. Talk a little bit about that. That, 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 I love the way that you think about this. 
Well, I, I believe that one of the responsibilities of any business person, and it doesn't, I don't care if you're a CEO or you're running a department or kind of who you are in any organization, when you have custody of human beings, you're responsible for those individuals to ensure that they grow, that they're being challenged, that they have an opportunity to fall down and get up, mm -hmm. and you know, the guy's in, that they can go do the things they need to do for continual improvement. But there's a second layer of responsibility, and that second layer is you're, you're enabling them to do things in their life that are important to them. And, and we all have things that are important to yeah. us. So you're enabling them, you, you have a, an implied custodianship of mm -hmm. caring for their family and ensuring that they have the opportunity to go forth. We, we talk about this in the company all the time. As a CEO, the, I really strive at the end of the day when I get to go home the, I'm focused on, we're all focused on the same things. Mm -hmm. I want to go on a vacation, just bought my wife a car, um, got kids to, you know, we're paying stuff for, I got another son who's turmoil, and we got, you know, all the things that go on. But there's no difference between that and any other member of my team. Right. And that's our, that's, it's a custodianship, I guess would be the word for it. We're, yeah. it's that deeper layer that we're responsible for our team. And when you love your team, you can accept that responsibility. Yeah. And they know that all the way through their family, all the way through their family, their their conversation changes with the family. It's yep. not my job. This isn't just a job. Yep. This is a place. It's a place. It's it's where I get to be who I can be. Right. And we're all a part of it. Everybody's a part of it. Yep. And uh, that's to me that's yeah. that's that's important yeah. part. Yeah, the whole notion of think globally, act locally. I mean, if we kind of just yeah, sure, yeah. kind of, yeah, and I don't mean to be trite about this, but no, no, that's yeah, good. as as a, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a member of the board of directors of the World Business Academy, right? And the academy's founding premise and founding principle is business taking responsibility for the whole. And what you're speaking about is how that begins to show up, yeah, at yeah at, at the ground level sure. in practice. Business taking responsibility for the whole is a custodial move. It is it is a process of recognizing we are connected. Right. And yeah, that spirit imbues my thinking. It influences uh, my behavior. It you know, enhances the decisions that we make beyond just a focus on the quarterly or the bottom line results. There's sure. there's more in play than just that fiduciary right. thinking. Yeah. So, the spirit of business lives in rapid crush. The spirit of business, the soul of business, is very evident. Yes, we don't always get it right. Oh no, but that's half the fun, I think. Sometimes. Oh, and and that's is life. The, I mean, I yeah. get to fumble my way forward. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I just get to fumble my way forward. Yeah, and exactly. yeah, just uh, you yeah, know, we're going to wrap so this up here. Yes. But yeah, one of the things that I uh, thought was an interesting question for me, at least, uh, yeah. had to do with you, know, you coming in. Uh, two and a half years ago, mm -hmm. and the changes that have occurred, and how Rapid Crush is today as a consequence of a consciousness that you brought to the organization. I know you well enough to know that that consciousness actually permeates the organization today in a, in a very significant way, mm -hmm. and, it, and it's impacted you know, Will and Jason both. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, as well as the rest of your team. So I, I mentioned that, and not so much as a question here at this point, but I just you, I mentioned it as a way of acknowledging the power of one person being able to actually open the door to other possibilities and to have the soul of a business actually come to life in very unique ways. You know, I mean, you're in a very unique uh, business and you've got some very unique product offerings that nobody else really has that, that particular mix. But what makes it come alive, what makes it really work is the consciousness that, yeah, of love, that in, in love in the way that it's defined. I, I want you to come out and be all that you can be while you're in my presence. And in yeah. uh, my presence includes your customers. Absolutely. Yeah, you want them to be a part of who you are. Absolutely. And I'll give you, you know, a soapbox very briefly here to talk about, <laughs> yeah, and this is a commercial piece for you. Yeah, how, how would you want your you know, your customers experiencing Rapid Crush? Well, it's, it's interesting you ask that because one of the things that I'm focused on is I, I, I want to integrate our customers and potential customers into our business. Mm -hmm. Not to, a lot of a lot of organizations, we've, we've, we've lost that ability to develop that customer to company kind of relationship. We've, we've kind of gone beyond those days. And, yeah. and I met this morning with the team and gave them the challenge. I want you guys, as we're getting ready to roll out a new corporate website, as all companies do, it's now time to update our image and talk in more specifics about where we are in our lifespan. How do we give that customer who's coming in direct channel into, not talk at, not talk around, mm -hmm. not get a support ticket, but how do we give them a direct access and do we give them a Slack channel? Do we integrate some technology? But I firmly believe by giving them access into the into who we are, they'll get to discover our people. Mm -hmm. Our people will get to discover them. And that, that starts to answer for them the why. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, if we're doing our, for serving our purpose, I'm helping those customers accomplish their goals as well. Yeah. So uh, that's our current initiative. Current initiative is, how do we now more closely integrate customers simply into our business? Mm -hmm. and so it's not just a transactional relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I want them to know that they're, they're, they're a part of that value chain. Mm -hmm. And that where we thrive, they thrive. And that where they thrive, we thrive. Yeah. And if we can do the that. Symbiosis. Yeah. Exactly. We'll change. Yeah. We'll change our, that's, to me, I view that as in specifics, that that's a tipping point. Not to coin a phrase. Yeah. But that's a but it is. Point. It is, and it's and it's predicated on a recognition that everything's connected. Yes, it exactly. Is. It's it's all connected. Yeah, so exactly. On that note, I want to thank you, Nolan. Thank you. Love very it. much. Loved it. Honor to be here. To you out there in the listening audience, um, thank you for uh, staying with us. The soul of business is a conversation, and it's a conversation about how business literally has the power to transform the experience of living on this planet. Nothing literally nothing on this planet goes untouched by the activity of business. And from our perspective, business is a spiritual discipline. It takes a rigor, it, it takes a focus, it takes a sensibility to continuously act on the fact that everything is connected. And when we can access the spirit of business in that way, you're gonna be successful. Thank you for listening to The Soul of Business. This has been your host, Blaine Bartlett, my guest, Dolan White. Thank you very much.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.